May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. We continue our conversation now, our tribute, our commemoration uh, on this day, 60 years after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in Dallas. Just had a, a wonderful conversation with Geraldo Rivera. Uh, who broke the Zapruder film. Uh, The nation saw that Zapruder film, now infamous, uh, all these years later. But Geraldo is the journalist who got his hands on that film uh, and broadcast it first to the nation. And I was happy uh, to have him on the program today to hear his reflections all these years later. We continue now with Thomas J. Whalen, who is a a professor of of, uh, social science at Boston University, Whenever I think of BU, I always think of, of course, my hero, Dr. King, uh, the person I regard as the greatest American this country's ever produced, got his Ph.D. at Boston University. So I always think of him whenever I think of BU. Uh, Professor Whalen's book, though, is called JFK and His Enemies, A Portrait of Power. And I'm delighted to have Professor Whalen on this program. How are you today, sir? Very good. How about you? Uh, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I am doing well, and I'm delighted to, uh, to have you on this program. Let me just jump right in and make the most of these uh, few moments that we have. Uh, let me start with a couple of broad questions, and we'll narrow uh, our way into, uh, into your text. Um, wh- what do you make? Uh, and I'm not naive, of course, in asking this. It is JFK and, and Jackie O and all of that, uh, Camelot mm-hmm. and all of that. But what do you make of the enduring curiosity uh, the enduring uh, uh, and insatiable appetite for all things JFK 60 years after his assassination? Well, you have to understand the context. I mean, he was president at a time when the United States was at the zenith of its power, militarily, economically, culturally, and will never quite regain that position in the world, given you know the competitors that we now see, like in China and so forth. Um, but he also was young and progressive, and he spoke with incredible eloquence about what problems our nation faced and his solutions on how to address them moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. And we've never had a modern president quite able to do that. And, you know, the fact that he, his life was snuffed out so early is that unfinished business that has always intrigued Americans, you know. How could we be better off today if JFK had lived? Would we have avoided the Vietnam War? Would we have avoided Watergate? And it was a time when you had a president in the White House who you know, people looked up to, not just here in the United States, but around the world. You cannot say that at all today. Yeah. I wondered to what extent his premature death um, helped to lionize him. I, uh, clearly, uh, his assassination 60 years ago today uh, is uh, part and parcel, a major uh, part, in fact, of his of his iconography. Um, and there are ways in which, uh, whether you're talking JFK or RFK or MLK or any other K, mm-hmm. <laughs> there 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 are ways in which yeah. um, their 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 murders, their assassinations at such young ages, uh, lead to again a kind of iconography uh, that uh, that others uh, will never experience. I, how, how do you read that? Well, they're kind of like frozen in historic amber, right? Mm-hmm. We see them at their best, at the most vigorous. And also, you know, there's an old saying that, you know, heroes know when to die, right? And, you know, had he lived, I mean, given the vexing problems, you know, particularly the civil rights movement in the 1960s, Vietnam and Cold War struggles, would he have been able to effectively address them? You know, Lincoln died, for example, before, you know, he could tackle really how to reconstruct the old Confederate South. And would he have made moves that would have you know, tarnished his long-term historical reputation? So 
it's that intriguing what if that, you know, keeps us so interested and obsessed, really, with uh, that administration. Yep. To your point of being interested and obsessed, uh, I am always amazed. Uh, I've written a book about Dr. King, as this audience knows, mm. and I'm always amazed by all the books uh, written about MLK, say nothing of all the books written about RFK, to say nothing about all of the books <laughs> written about JFK. Uh, there have been so many, and there'll be more to come. I'm, I'm just curious, before I get into the book, um, why you decided to write yet another book about JFK and what you hope to accomplish with your text, JFK and His Enemies, A Portrait of Power. Well, I had done an earlier book uh, called Kennedy versus Lodge, the kind of the, the you, you know, Massachusetts Senate race in 1952 that kind of created the Kennedy dynasty, Right. you know, destroying another dynasty. But this one I wanted, JFK and His Enemies, I wanted to see JFK and his administration through the eyes of his, you know, rivals on the political scene. You know, how did they perceive it in his interaction with them, what was accomplished or what was not? And I, I think it's an interesting dynamic that you know, no other historians have really uh, tackled up to that point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad you did it because there's a lot of uh, fascinating stuff inside of it. And I want to, again, make the most of the, the few moments that we have. Let me go to one of these enemies. Uh, and there, there are a number of them, of course, you write about. You just mentioned Henry Lodge a moment ago. But I want to come specifically to Lyndon Baines Johnson. And I, and I want to come to him because nobody, uh, you wrote the book and you, you lay this out. Mm -hmm. uh, but nobody ever thinks of LBJ as an enemy of JFK, in part because we know that LBJ was his vice president. In part, we know, um, in part because we know that LBJ, of course, became president uh, when JFK was was assassinated 60 years ago uh, in Dallas. He continued the work and he, he made a name for himself, no question about it. The Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act and and and, and the work he did on, you know, so many other fronts. Uh, no doubt about the fact that he is um, he's iconic in his own right. But nobody ever thinks of LBJ as an enemy of JFK. Here you come and you lay this out in the book, Professor Whalen. So talk about that, if you will. Well, I think that's what makes JFK so interesting and, and really in some ways great because, you know, they were enemies, political enemies, because they were going for the same prize, the presidency in 1960. But JFK had the uh, insight and one could say the um, political calculation to make him his friend, make him an asset to his administration, because he realized if he's going to win in 1960 a close election against Richard Nixon, the Republican nominee, he needed the support of the old Democratic South, mm -hmm. to which Lyndon Johnson was the representative of. And so, but up to that point, uh, they were hammer and tongs against one another. I mean, Lyndon Johnson had absolute contempt for JFK, you know, because in the Senate, um, JFK was a junior backbencher, and he hadn't really passed any major legislation with his name on it. And, you know, the, the idea that he's running for president, you know, Johnson called him, you know, the boy. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that was, you know, his opinion of JFK. But JFK, you know, he had a certain grudging respect for LBJ, and he knew when to put aside his own kind of personal misgivings about him. Um, and use him for his own political benefit. And that makes a great politician, because, you know, FDR was like that as well. You know, he had a lot of enemies, probably more enemies than JFK did, but he knew how to manipulate them, how to use them for his own purposes, how to co-opt them. 
Abraham Lincoln was another guy. He had a cabinet of rivals. Mm -hmm. And JFK, in many ways, in his own administration, not just Lyndon Johnson, he used Republicans. You know, Henry Cabot Lodge, you know, he ends up ambassador to South Vietnam. You know, this is the same guy that he defeated for the Senate back in 1952. So JFK, I think, was a lot more... um, Connie, you know, kind of cunning than people uh, give him credit for. Yep. When we come forward, I, I want to just imagine, um, uh, actually we can't, but I'm going to try anyway, uh, to imagine uh, how our politics would be today if we had presidential administrations that were, in fact, teams of rivals. You hear Professor Professor Whalen say that JFK had a team of rivals, indeed he did, um, starting with his vice president, Lyndon Johnson. Um, Abraham Lincoln famously, uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin has written masterfully about this, uh, his team of rivals. Uh, can you imagine today um, uh, a Democrat president with a bunch of Republicans in his in his inner circle or a Republican president with the Democrats in his inner circle uh, in the cabinet? Uh, hard to imagine that. And yet that's what happened during the administration of Abraham Lincoln and JFK. But I still want to talk a bit more about some of these rivals uh, when we come forward with uh, Boston University professor Thomas J. Whalen author of the book JFK and His Enemies, as we look back on his life and legacy, 60 years to the day of his assassination. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Can you dig it? Come on! Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. Today is the 60th anniversary of the assassination of uh, President John F. Kennedy in Dallas, Texas, of course. Uh, We uh, spoke earlier in this hour to Geraldo Rivera, who broke to the nation the Zabruder film that so many of you have seen of uh, uh, him being shot. Uh, three times um, uh, on that uh, fateful day 60 years ago today. We continue our conversation now with Thomas J. Whalen, uh, Associate Professor of Social Science at BU, Boston University. His book is called JFK and His Enemies, A Portrait of Power. Uh, Let me ask you right quick before I move uh, to some of these other rivals I want to talk about right quick, um, whether or not you could imagine, (laughs) uh, Professor Whalen, uh, in in this moment uh, in American history uh, that any president, can you imagine Joe Biden with a team of rivals or Donald Trump with a team of rivals? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think, uh, you know, they would even contemplate it. And I think that, that we're all kind of the worst for it. And that shows us how polarized our country has become in the 21st century. Nope, I think you're right about that. Couldn't have said it better myself. So I mentioned earlier that one of the things I love about your book is that you remind us um, that at one point, uh, JFK and LBJ uh, were, in fact, enemies. They were, in fact, rivals. Um, uh, JFK, of course, uh, I think wisely uh, chose LBJ as his running mate and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, And again, had LBJ not been there, uh, no way uh, that we would have had, I think, the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act, given to your point, the makeup of Congress, uh, of the Senate specifically, and all those Southern Dixiecrat senators. Uh, LBJ, of course, being from Texas, knew how to work with them. And so we are forever indebted to LBJ for uh, uh, some seminal legislation uh, that changed the course of this country. But he wouldn't have been there if uh, JFK hadn't. Uh, gotten past all the drama and chose him as, a, as, as his running mate. That said, I, I assume that one could regard J. Edgar Hoover uh, as a rival of JFK, yeah. even though he was the head of the CIA. And I, I raise that only because there's so many uh, conspiracy theories 60 years after JFK's assassination that have to do with CIA involvement. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure you prepared to go there, but how would you def- uh, define J. Uh, Edgar Hoover as an enemy of, uh, of JFK? Well, you know, he was the head of the FBI. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it was, there was great tensions between them, 
But, you know, J. Edgar Hoover had the goods on every politician, Republican and Democrat in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. including John F. Kennedy. He knew that, for example, and he kind of, you know, you see in the documentation, he knew that he was having an affair with the mistress of a mafia don from Chicago, Sam Giacana. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so JFK wanted to fire him, but he couldn't. Um, and the thing is, though, I mean, when the JFK assassination occurred, you know, a lot of people blamed it on Hoover, saying that he was behind it. Well, indirectly, perhaps, because Hoover, from the documentation that's been released, was furious that someone like Lee Harvey Oswald could get so close to the president he kind of slipped through the cracks of the FBI surveillance. You know, a former Soviet defector comes back from a Russian wife. He's right on, you know, living in Dallas where the president is visiting. Why wasn't he detained? Why wasn't his name put on what was then called the National Security Index for Mm -hmm. potential enemies that we need to closely keep tabs on? In fact, just a few weeks before the Kennedy assassination, Oswald walks into the FBI office in Dallas and threatens to blow it up if they continue what he said was harassing his wife. And the FBI agent just types up what happened and he files it away. When the assassination occurs, you know, there was no follow up to it. He just he was ordered to, like, destroy the document. About 30 agents were disciplined after the Kennedy administration by the by Hoover. And this was all done quietly. Hoover, you know, if there was a cover-up, it was launched by the FBI in the Warren Commission, was to protect the FBI from mm-hmm. charges of complete and utter incompetence. So in some ways, JFK was, you know, the victim of bureaucratic incompetence. And we see this, you know, for example, Washington in the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, sure. 9-11. The FBI does not communicate with the CIA or other national security agencies. They caught, probably could have put it all together beforehand. But because of bureaucratic nonsense and incompetence, they weren't able to. to your and, po- and that might be, be the unsexy kind of conspiracy theory here. Nope. To your point, there are all kinds of conspiracy theories all these years later, 60 years later, regarding what the CIA knew or uh, uh, or did, what the FBI under Hoover knew or did. Um, those, um, those questions persist. Our remaining moments when we come forward, Professor Thomas J. Whalen, author of the book JFK and His Enemies, you're listening to him right now on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Sounds different, huh? This, this is Tavis Smiley. Got about two minutes left for Professor Whalen. Let me close by asking, um, I think this is the exit question, uh, what there is for each of us to learn 60 years after the assassination of JFK from JFK about how we navigate spaces where we encounter enemies? Well, we have to apply good old-fashioned rationality that we can't let our emotions get the better of us. And he proved this time and time again, whether it was regarding, you know, relations with the Soviet Union or civil rights or hammering out a budget with Congress, that, you know, you have to compromise, that, you know, you can't get everything that you want all at once. But, you know, if you are able to reach across the aisle and convince the other one, basically, of your particular argument that there is a reason behind it, that progress can be made. Maybe not as fast as you'd like, but nevertheless, you're moving forward. And I think that is the great story of JFK. He brought our country forward. As he promised when he was running for president in 1960, he said, let's get America moving again. And I think he did. Mm -hmm. And what would you say his legacy is 60 years later? I think his legacy is one of hope Mm -hmm. that, you know, 
despite as bad as it can get, and, you know, and remember, he brought us basically to, uh, you know, out of the worst nuclear crisis of the Cold War when we were on the eve of destruction, he brought us out of that and in the process created a better global environment, a world, he said, that he hoped would be made safe for diversity, yeah. diversity of all people and opinions and politics. His name is Thomas J. Whalen. He's a uh, associate professor of social science at Boston University. Uh, his book is JFK and His Enemies, A Portrait of Power. So delighted to have had him on this program today as we have commemorated in this hour the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Professor Whalen, good to have you on. Uh, thanks for your time. All the best to you and happy Thanksgiving, sir. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. 